on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. People have come in at different levels, and we're okay with that. Not one plan fits all. You know how to produce a product or offer a service, but what about actually running that business? An upcoming workshop could help. The federal government has given a grant to a Northeast Iowa railway that is an important distribution outlet for products. And in our business profile, you'll hear about a new commerce group, national in scope, but based in Iowa. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of June 2022. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. It takes a certain skill set to invent a unique product and offer it for sale. But that may not be the same skill set necessary to run a growing business. That's where Advance Iowa comes in. Advance Iowa is the presenting sponsor of this program and will offer a two-day workshop next Wednesday and Thursday, June 8th and 9th, on business financial solutions that work. Stacy Mullinex is a program manager for Advance Iowa who will be facilitating the workshop. We continue now a conversation we started last month on the topic of business cash flow and planning. Especially for an inventor or an entrepreneur, they know that special, unique thing. Absolutely. And they're good at it. They're excellent at it. And that's why they think to go out into business, but that does not mean they're a business expert. And history is littered with all sorts of folks who had great ideas and could not sustain it because they did not have that skill set. And that's the sort of thing that if someone consults Advance Iowa or consults you early on in the life of the business, you can really take them through the initial stages, the intermediate stages, and even plan for an ultimate disposition, handoff, transition, use whatever phrase you like, it's never too soon to start planning those things. Although at first people are probably thinking, let's just get the door open. But that's part of a plan, right? Yeah. In fact, one of the things we say here is the best time to plan for your exit out of the business is the day you open up the business. Second best time to make that plan is right now. So I'm not talking six months down the road. I'm talking, you know, if you've got 20 years, if you've got 10 years, if you've got five years, let's get going on that. There's so many different things and ways that we can look at this to make sure not only that your business gets sold when you want to sell it, but also that it fills any financial gaps. So when you retire or when you decide to start a new career or just move out of state or whatever your plans are that, that you want to exit the business, that you have the means necessary, the financial means necessary to do what it is that you want to do. And we can look at that and just make sure that you're at where you need to be at. And if you're not, ways that we can make sure that you get up there. So as long as we have enough time, we absolutely can help you out. We can help you out at any point, but the more time you give us, the more leeway there is to make sure that the goals are achieved, that the owner wants to achieve. One of the things that you and your colleagues have taught me over the last few years is the fact that if you do that, shall we say, lifelong business plan, you're actually maximizing potential revenue at the end. So it's not just a matter of let's hurry up and get it ready for sale. If you are purposeful about your planning for whether it's five years or 35 years, you're actually going to have a more marketable prospect to transition over to another party, maybe even uh, 
employee owned, but regardless, you're going to have a much more valuable asset at the end. And that's a good point that you made there. So the value isn't necessarily always financial, although that can be a big value. There's also other values to it to the owner. It could be the legacy. It could be their namesake. It could be making sure that their family members are able to take over it. It could be that they want to take care of their employees, you know, employee cooperative. That could be a solution. But sometimes the businesses look at those people necessary to keep that business alive in the community and it takes some time. So they might say, yeah, I'd love to sell to my key employees, but they don't have the money or they don't have the skills. We can help out with that to make sure that they do have the skills. The different plans that we can put in place, phantom stock or um, bonus plans, stay bonuses to keep everybody in line to make sure that the business transfers successfully. So not only does it transfer, but the business stays alive because we want that business to succeed, not just when the original owner has it, but when the second owner has it as well. Because it's not just the owner, it's all the employees, it's what it means to a community, et cetera. And it's not that an owner would not think of that when it comes time to sell. But again, if you're thinking of it as a much broader institutional legacy, a piece of the community, you can prepare for that as opposed to it being an afterthought during a sale. Absolutely. And that's one of our initiatives is, and we've been working with the governor's office on this, is to keep the businesses in the community. As we know, you know, rural communities... If you meander through the rural areas, sometimes you go through some of the smaller towns and go down Main Street, you see some of the businesses. Uh, it looks like it would have been, you know, a real uh, successful business at some time, but now the, the doors are closed and maybe the building's starting to fall apart a little bit. And we want to keep those businesses in the smaller communities just as much as we do in the larger communities to make sure everybody's viable and things are just going well for the community as much as it is for the employees, as much as it is for the business owners. It's a continuous chain that just feeds each other. So we find that very important and that's one of our focuses. There's almost less margin of error in a smaller town. In other words, any business that is removed from the scene in a smaller town perhaps has a disproportionately larger impact as opposed to a city of much larger size that can absorb the loss of a business or two businesses. You can't do that in our smaller towns. Yep, absolutely. That is so true. And that's why it's so important for us to keep those businesses open. And like I said, if the business community just wants to reach out to us, we'd be more than happy to work with them and help them put their plans in place. And again, it's not about what we want. It's not what about what Advanced Iowa wants. It's truly about what the owner wants. So we would meet with them and then we'd find out what their goals and objectives are. And then we would move forward with the plan. We just don't come in and say, this is what you need to do. We need to find out what the owner wants to do and then put policies in place for them so that they can reach that. What would you say, lastly, is the thing that people, I don't want to say get wrong most often, but as you have done this work now for a while, are there certain patterns that come up that allow you to, in essence, have a very quick answer because you've seen this multiple times with businesses of these particular sizes? Well, there's a couple things that come to mind. The thing I need to stress the most is you got to have a foundation and you need to have a financial foundation. So that means being able to enter the correct information, be able to track your information. Let's not have like your personal account mixed in with your business account. Let's have a separate business account and track your stuff accurately. Get it into a database, get it into QuickBooks or whatever accounting program that you're using and making sure that you have solid numbers that you can look at 
So you can let your business speak to you. So you can see where there might be a pain point at. So you can understand and maybe look at some ratios and maybe be able to figure out where you can free up some cash so your business can be more efficient. In my experience as a lawyer working with businesses, that's the key thing is just start with your accounts over here. And just because you think the business can pay for something, quote unquote, well, that doesn't mean it's deductible for taxes. It also does not mean it's an appropriate business expense. And if you keep paying in your after-tax money that you've taken from your personal account, then it skews uh, how profitable the business is. So really having that foundation and working with someone who knows how to do it from the start, and the start can be 10 years into a business. There's no time like the present. But to work with somebody who knows how to say, here is the way to make your life easier and more efficient, that's got to help a lot of people out. Absolutely. And all they need to do is ask. Give us a call. We'd be more than happy to go over things with you and see where you need. We're here to meet you where you're at. People come in at different levels, and we're okay with that. Not one plan fits all. We're here to meet you at where, where you need help. Stacy Mullinex is a program manager for Advance Iowa. To learn more about their services or to register for next week's workshop on financial solutions that work, go to AdvanceIowa.com. Still to come, improved rail service, and we'll profile a new group advocating traditional American capitalism. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Are you experiencing farm FOMO? It's the fear of missing out on opportunities to make every soybean acre you farm more profitable. Luckily, FOMO is easy to overcome. Just tap into your Iowa Soybean Association benefits courtesy of the Soybean Checkoff. Be among the first to receive agronomic research results, timely soy news, producer education invites, and so much more. Connect today at IASoybeans.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest competitive dashboard data by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. The Federal Railroad Administration this past week announced $7.2 million in rail infrastructure funding for Iowa. It's part of the Consolidated Rail Infrastructure and Safety Improvements Program. The money goes to the Iowa Northern Railway Company to install more than 27 miles of continuous welded rail across the IANR's Manly and Cedar Rapids subdivisions. The IANR has 253 miles of track overall with the main line between Cedar Rapids and Manly. Iowa Northern has about 115 employees and serves mostly ag-related industries, including ethanol producers ADM and Poet. The rail line also moves John Deere tractors, Tyson frozen foods, and various egg products. In addition to the main line, the Iowa Northern has two branch lines, from Waterloo to Oldwine, and from Forest City to Belmond. The improvements will allow train speeds of up to 40 miles per hour, but the continuous strands of rail mean you'll no longer hear the trademark clickety-clack of steel wheels as they pass over rail joints. Coming up, a national group supporting free markets and business from a home base in Iowa. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. 
Where can expanding businesses find certified shovel-ready sites, the lowest water and sewer rates in Iowa, and excellent incentives for new construction? Why in Waterloo, of course. Eight industrial and business parks, including the new Air and Rail Park, make Waterloo the smart choice for growing companies. With advanced additive manufacturing and smart automation programs on the TechWork campus, Waterloo is building a skilled workforce ready for hire. I'm Mayor Quentin Hart, inviting you to Waterloo. Come for a visit, stay for the great quality of life. Look us up at cityofwaterlooiowa.com. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, sponsors of a two-day workshop featuring business financial solutions that work, to be held on June 8th and 9th. More in the upcoming events section of advanceiowa.com. In our business profile, we'll introduce you to Gentry Collins, the CEO of a new commerce group, the American Free Enterprise Chamber of Commerce. The chairman of the group is former Iowa governor and former U.S. ambassador to China, Terry Branstead. I asked Gentry Collins to define the group's purpose. The American Free Enterprise Chamber of Commerce is intended to tell next generation American consumers and voters and leaders that American free enterprise, in fact, is a force for good in the world around us, that it lifts people up, and that throughout American history, throughout global history, in fact, it's the only system that has lifted people up. We think the time is right because increasingly we have a generational gap on this question. When we look at next generation voters and consumers, and therefore next generation leaders, we see that starting with millennials and certainly with Gen Z consumers, this idea that American free enterprise is really a force for good in our lives has started to lose ground. We've got a new generation rising that is exploring seriously democratic socialism and other options in their lives. And yet, we don't think it's because they've looked at and understood and rejected free enterprise but rather we think they just haven't been told the story very effectively and so we're here to help try to do that what does a group like the american free enterprise chamber what do you do on a day-to-day basis to help elevate those standards and that foundation there are a couple of answers to that i'll give you the first one which is that relative to next generation american consumers how do we talk to them it's important not only to give them the historical context and so forth that we just talked about but also to do that in language and through communications platforms that they understand and that they use. And so we've spent a great deal of time and effort looking at how do we convey timeless principles in language that meets the times. And I will say that there's a great body of work on this. The more time you spend on it, I will tell you, the more encouraged you will be that this is a very empowered generation. This is a generation that believes in their own ability to control their own lives. And there's a mismatch, in other words, in the politics of the day. Our young people are sort of drifting leftwards. And yet what they demand in their own lives, what they value in their own lives, really is much more aligned with a free enterprise point of view. So embracing the language and the metaphors that they use in their lives, and they have changed, by the way. You and I both have a few gray hairs. All of the things in our lifetime that didn't even exist, hadn't even been invented when you and I were young adults, that now define their experience of the world around them. So the language that they use, the metaphors that they use to understand what's good and true and right in the world have changed. Substantively, 
our principles, our ideas fit that very well. But I think we haven't done a great job of, of making sure that we are conveying these ideas in language that fits the times. So that's one big important role that we're looking to play and, and we've spent a lot of time on. The other side of the operation is that we are committed not only in principle, but operationally committed to the idea that free enterprise is a really powerful idea for good. What does that mean? We are a member-based organization. So we're not reliant on very large contributions from a small handful. Candidly, I think that's how some other organizations have gone off the rails. What we have set out to do is be an organization that allows any business in the United States, any legally operating business in the United States of any size to join for the same fee. So you don't get special privileges if you're a big guy writing a bigger check. It's 99 bucks a year. And I'll say, even if you've got a side hustle and an Etsy site in the basement just getting started, this is a movement you want to be part of. $99 a year is something that I think most everyone can afford. What does that $99 get you? It gets you an organization that is absolutely committed not to an ideology or a party, but to the principles of American free enterprise. We enumerate many of those on our website in a document called the Free Enterprise Bill of Rights, so that we're right out front with what we believe and how we'll make decisions on what policy issues to support and not support. By offering a broad-based but very low-dollar membership, we expect that we'll be able to reject some of the influence of big money that has gotten other organizations in trouble. That'll help us stay true and committed to the principles of American free enterprise. There are some other member benefits that come along with membership, and those benefits are specifically calibrated to those challenges that uh, small American businesses face today in an economy that threatens multiple kinds of deplatforming. So, for example, one of the forms of deplatforming we're seeing becoming more and more common that is aimed particularly at small businesses is a form of debanking, which is to say that a merchant payment processor will tell a legally operating business in the country, we don't like the business you're in, and so therefore we're simply not going to process your credit card transactions. And there are a whole variety of others like that. That's happening with various insurance products. It's happening with a whole variety of really important tools and products that American small businesses need in order to access the marketplace today. And so we have committed to finding alternatives to those kinds of products that our members can have access to without any additional charge, right? But, the, but it is a commitment to America's small businesses to say that if you're a legally operating business in America, we're going to fight like hell to make sure that you're not deplatformed for political or ideological reasons. If we were to have this conversation, or we are to reconnect, let's say in five years, what do you hope? will be the situation. In other words, you've very clearly enunciated issues uh, that led to why this group needed to be formed. But where do you hope we're at in five years? I hope where we're at in five years is at a place where, number one, next generation American consumers and voters and leaders, and not to sound like a broken record, but I think it's important to remember they're not just kids. These young adults are, are not only participating in the economy today, they're going to be running our country in the not too distant future. So my hope, number one, is that five years down the road, we've made meaningful progress culturally about the value of American free enterprise. There are all kinds of ways to measure that. There are well-respected, long-established, publicly available research firms. I'm thinking of the Pew Foundation. I'm thinking of Gallup and others, of course, that, that I'm sure you can name that measure these things from time to time, right? And so we've got plenty of data about where it's been, where we are today. You know, I think a key measurement for us over the next five years is, are we able to move that back in the right direction? 
And then on the sort of the operational side, where do we need to be for America's small businesses? You know, I hope that in five years, we're much closer to a place where we say that the marketplace is not where we want, whether it's from the right or the left, is not where we want political campaigns litigated that we couldn't win at the ballot box. In other words, if you believe in American free enterprise, any legally operating business in America really needs to be able to have free, fair, unfettered access to the marketplace in the same way that everybody else does. Our hope is that we're many steps closer five years from now to guaranteeing that than we are today. Former Governor Branstead, former Ambassador Branstead, has been quite active of late. For example, founding the Branstead Churchill Group, which focuses on international issues, particularly with regard to China. Now, as a founder and chairman of this group, has he indicated to you what his motivation is for being a force within this new organization? I'm always reluctant to speak for him, but he's, he's made very clear that not only does he support the mission, not only does he want now towards the end of his career to make a contribution to the next generation, which we focused on, but I think the thing he would add is his faith in Iowa and Iowans. We're a national organization, but we're not headquartered in Washington, D.C., nor will we be headquartered in Washington, D.C. We're headquartered right here in Des Moines, Iowa. And Governor Branstead has been very clear with me and with our board members that being rooted here in Iowa being out in the field and not being captured by the culture and the conversations that go on in Washington, but rather have your feet on the ground in the real world right here in Iowa, or frankly, any number of other places in the Midwest. That, I think, is a really important component for Governor Branstad and and one that I think he's absolutely right on. Gentry Collins, CEO of the American Free Enterprise Chamber of Commerce, online at amfreechamber.com. We connected via Zoom on Wednesday, June 1st. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. We're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.